We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. I bet you were expecting the smooth, sultry voice of Ty Windish. Well, listener, you got got. My name is Numak, and along with Jordan Tresky, who you might know from Win in Six, host Talk of the Tundra, the Green Bay Packers podcast here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. The Packers had a pretty important week in franchise history this week as they traded Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets for a, a hall of picks to formally ring in the Jordan Love era. And we figured we'd bring you that analysis of the Aaron Rodgers trade, along with a little tidbit of the Lucas Van Ness pick uh, at pick 13 later on in the episode. So feel free to head on over to the Talk of the Tundra feed to like, rate, subscribe, five stars. You know the deal. You're a loyal Eurostep Podcast Network listener. But we'd love to have you over there. So thanks for listening. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Edward, did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Packers podcast as part of the Blue Warrior family and the Eurostep Podcast Network. Joyfully, as always, I am your host, Numac, and joining me, Every week, as he does, and for this pseudo emergency pod, we'll call it, is uh, my lovely co host Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you fucking doing, buddy? We're going explosive today. I don't care. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Nothing else happened that bugged me out uh, about 10 minutes ago. So we're we're talking about uh, the Packers here. We are talking about the only positive thing that happened in Wisconsin today. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. So we have all of the good energy coming our way. And that is because the Green Bay Packers absolutely, without a freaking doubt, fleeced the New York Jets in the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Adam Schefter, as of 3.17 p.m. April 24th, 2023, trade compensation per sources. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, pick 15, in a 2023 fifth-round pick this year. That's pick number 170. And the Packers get pick 13, so essentially a first-round pick swap. Uh, a 2023 second round pick, number 42, and a sixth round pick, number 207, and then a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays in New York this season. That is an absurd amount of value. And I'm going to take this very fucking second to yell at anybody who said the Packers didn't have leverage in this trade. Absolutely ridiculous. I was called 
uh, just I, I was saying people were saying I was smoking something, saying they could get two firsts and a second for Rodgers, which is what this trade will be if Rodgers is healthy this year. There's no way he doesn't play 65% of the snaps if he's healthy. Just absolutely insane, insanity. So I'm taking this. I'm victory lapping this this whole fucking podcast that. Brian Gutekunst did what he was supposed to and didn't take two thirds or only a third next year or a second and a fourth next year to get Rogers this trade off. And it, when it all comes down to it, he got what he, he got probably the maximum value he could have out of this trade sands like an extra player, but that was even like a sweetener that was really out there in the initial part of the trade. So I got my little spiel off. I'm excited. Jordan, I, what was your reaction when you saw this, uh, this afternoon? Uh, my reaction was, oh, they traded Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction to today's news. Um, Ian Rappaport, I uh, believe, was the first to uh, report that talks had been re-engaged. I think that was yesterday. Um, that was Sunday afternoon, yes. And, uh, you know, it's draft week. That kind of sets like a pseudo deadline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with valuable assets from both sides um, being available for both consumption and stuff like that, it's going to kind of re-engage talks. And also just kind of, I I believe this has been talked about um, after the fact, now that the dust is starting to settle, it kind of shows that they weren't all that far off to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as much as like, it's this big thing, like the standoff and everything like that. It's like, really like... We think that these two teams are playing tug of war of like draft picks, and that kind of is the case. But it doesn't. Nothing is ever broken, like in a very like violent death, like a Bucks first round series or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, so um, so yeah, I, that's so. For obviously, first reaction was, oh, they traded him. Second was, well, what do they get? And you know. I I know there's a lot of chat in our Discord over the last couple of weeks and months. So just my camera um, about is Aaron Rodgers going to be worth a first rounder? Because you see players like Jalen Ramsey, um, who else? Uh, Darren Waller, I believe, got for a third round. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey is a fifth rounder. Who's another like big trade that um, didn't? Stephon Gilmore. That's yeah. Not near the level. Um, those players are not generational quarterbacks. <laughs> that is the ultimate difference here. And as we are about to go into, the Jets did not make a secret that Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming to New York. Oh, man. By any means necessary. So... Given all that, I I don't think anybody. I think the Packers are surely set up better for the future. Mm-hmm. That is their end goal here in this trade. I think the Jets ultimately got what they wanted. They got Aaron Rodgers. They got a quarterback that, for at least one season, um, maybe it may take them to the promised land. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, absolutely. But, but um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is worth a fucking first rounder. Yeah, at least, yes, at, at least, least, as it shows. Like they call this the this contract an albatross, with just how poorly and how much guaranteed money it has, and how much it is for the next couple of years, right? But the point being is that you get a generational quarterback, and Rodgers made it clear he wasn't going to play another snap in a Green Bay Packers uniform, and said so on the Pat McAfee show. Which ultimately kind of made this go on longer than it should have, but also ultimately kind of raised the price, like the price of the, of the brick went up essentially, and it was a, a a really good surprise to see looking at my phone driving home from Minnesota, which is why <laughs> like, like not a, couldn't have happened at a at a worse time for your boy Numac everybody. But with all that being said, I was a very excited man flying down I ninety four trying to get here as soon as I could. Um, I think Alec Breer put it the the best talking about how like the Jets made it known that they were trading for Rodgers and they were, they were talking all offseason that Rodgers was going to be a Jet. Um, he says in his uh, Sports Illustrated article, 
they basically summoned the car that would have been worthless had they not had an engine. And that was, a, it's a great analogy. They uh, brought on Nathaniel Hackett to run their off to be the offensive coordinator, signed Alan Lazard, and then just made a bunch of, I guess, win now moves and trading for that Raven safety, trading away Elijah Moore for a pick and just all these moving parts to get Rodgers to come here. And, and it's crazy because the biggest part was Rodgers' deal being so big that it was rumored that Woody Allen um, wasn't – not Woody Allen, Woody Johnson. I don't know why I said Woody Allen. <laughs> Woody Johnson. Let's just go broom fast and like we're going on I-94. Um, was nervous about taking on Rodgers' money with him possibly retiring next year because he was 90-10, going to retire coming out of the darkness. And according to uh, – Paul Brettel, some notes on the trade. Rogers cap pick goes from thirty-one million and uh, to forty million this year. That's just dead cap. And then uh, Pelissaro said Rogers will rework the deal before he trade before the trade is finalized to help the Packers, which is again great. He doesn't have to do that, but he can, and he he's going to. So thank you, Rogers, for that one. Packers don't need any of his guaranteed salary, and with this with the trade being done prior to June. June 1st, he's off the books by next March. So a year from now, the Packers' uh, salary cap sheet will be clear of Aaron Rodgers and his massive deal, and we'll have a pretty clean-looking sheet for do we Do we... Go ahead. Sorry. No? Do we want to go over the full terms of the deal just in case? Of, I mean, I'm sure people have seen it, but just, just to give context of what we're talking about here. Sure. Go, go ahead. Jets obviously receive Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers' fifteenth or first round pick, which is fifteenth overall, and a twenty twenty three fifth round pick, number seven or one hundred seventieth. Packers get number thirteen of this year's draft, number forty two of this year's draft, uh, number two hundred seven. Do we do we go through this? We did. I'll we let through. you go through it, but we went through. Why am I? I I'm <laughs> losing my my memories. I'm old. I'm old. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Um. But yeah, what I was going to continue to say is that since Rodgers' entire deal will be off the books by next year, makes a lot of cap room for a possible extension for Jordan Love. Like, obviously, Jordan Love's contract wouldn't be um, on the books in 2024's sheet because they'll pick up his fifth year in like two or three weeks. And then he'll be he'll have that contract for next year, but then that extension will come into play in 2025. So... We're doing pretty good. We're pretty good. Pretty good. Doing pretty good. They're uh, they're Packers fans, hot listeners, all that good stuff. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It it, it it's just done. I'm I'm so happy it's finalized and it's finalized pre-draft. Like this would have been so much fun, like draft night, to have this reaction and this sort of haul. But I'm just I'm just happy it's done. <laughs> yeah, that that is ultimately like I know we're gonna drool over the picks and everything like that not to throw cold water on this but that doesn't mean that every pick that the Packers got from the Jets is going to pan out because that's just impossible Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately I appreciate the clarity that we have at this point not that it wasn't going to go anywhere any other way Jordan Love was going to be the starting quarterback for your Green Bay Packers in 2023 but it just even when I saw the Ian Rappaport tweet on Sunday afternoon, I was like, "Here we go. We're gonna have another like couple of days of just like little whispers." And yeah, you know I mean, you're going into the draft of like, "I think I'll finally get this deal done." And then it was to see it kind of just work as basically 24 hours. Um, I just am very appreciative of. The fact that they they uh, got over their differences very quickly, um, yeah. And it would have been interesting just to see like what other iterations of this deal. Like where did where was it stuck? I know we've heard about having some protection of whether Rogers was going to play next year. Mm-hmm. The fact that they it included great. that provision of this year is kind of puzzling to me. I don't know. It, that's really odd. It, That's really odd, right? It's really odd. And the fact that it's not even that, like, if he plays this year, it's an amount of snaps and that next year's done. Yeah. Next year has nothing to do with it. Rodgers could retire next year and he'd be, Packers would be like, 
done. Just like wipe their hands clean. So it, they, I think the, the that's where the, the leverage part comes in. And I keep getting giddy that we're you and I and the rest of like Packers Nation are proven right in this scenario because it was just such a bullshit argument from Jets fans and a lot of media members and a whole bunch of other people saying that the Packers had no leverage. Like, no, that Breer put it perfectly. I'm going to keep saying it. They built the car with no fucking engine. And they, they, they needed a quarterback because Zach Wilson was not going to be no. the engine of that Lamborghini. <laughs> and it's just like, I know we, we looked at Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, these, play, these tr- recent trades right. of teams offloading significant draft picks um, for not really rentals, but aging veteran quarterbacks that they're not built for rebuilding teams. They're built for teams that are ready to take the next leap. The Jets are in that category. And a lot of, there was a lot of concern like, well, they missed their window. The the, the year to trade Rogers was last year when he's coming off his back-to-back MVP season and you go into the off season and two days in and you trade Devontae and everything like that. Again, these are quarterbacks. These are not. You can't find them dime a dozen. Nope. Can't find a good one dime a dozen. You sure can't. And this is gonna. The Packers are not gonna be the last thing this happens to. This is gonna happen more and more often as teams kind of start to really take significant uh, gambles for you know wanting to upgrade their quarterback position because it will happen again. Right. It absolutely will. And I'm just like. I'm rubbing my hands together, audio listeners, at just the the excitement of the Packers picks that they got. Like, they picked before New England, or not New England, um, well, technically New England, but they picked before the Jets in the first round, right? But then they also got 42 instead of 43 that uh, the Jets had. Because, like, the Jets had 42 and 43. They had 42 from the Browns. And so not only did they get to pick ahead of the Jets once, but they get to pick ahead of the Jets twice. Which is, like, not the biggest deal. It's whatever. But, like, if I'm Joe Douglas and I'm trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers, I want, like, the better of the picks that I'm trading, right? Like, we have they have 42 and 43. I'd much rather trade 43 than 42. It's one spot up. Like, what if the Packers take something or some player that the Jets want? That that's You just traded away the player that you wanted, right? That you're really high on. So it's just like, oh, it, oh, listeners, my heart is warm. My face is happy. I'm smiling ear to ear. It's just, it, and all this has come, it's Tuesday or Monday, 9.33, and in what? We got we to gotta get the, the countdown uh, from, uh, from Tankathon going. Two days, 21 hours, and 25 minutes and some change. Packers get to start picking these picks. And I saw like a, an idea earlier that maybe the Packers use two of those, like use those two second rounders to move up in the draft, like move um, back into the back end of the first. I don't think I'm the biggest fan of that. We can talk about draft later, unless you have more stuff on um, the rest of us can know I do, but we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about draft later. So yeah, that that is where I'm at is like, okay, there's a lot more to process of like the trade itself that will soon be figured out. I mean, mm-hmm. what days um, for what it is worth. Take a thought does their uh, draft power rankings. And it, uh, to explain their little thing, this calculation assigns a value to every pick of the draft. It ranks teams based on the sum of their pick values. Values for each pick are based off the ch- of a chart set by the Harvard Sports Analyst Analysis Collective. Uh, the Packers, as of right now, after the trade, stand eighth um, in those draft power rankings. Number one is the Houston Texans. Number two is Seattle, which. Uh, you know, they're sitting pretty Crazy. Number three, Detroit. Number four, Raiders. Five, Bears. Six, Cardinals. Seven, Colts. Eight, Packers. Not that it matters. This isn't a Cardinals podcast, but I could see the Cardinals rocketing up this list come Thursday night because I think they're trading three. Like, it'd be ridiculous not to trade three. There has been talk of them, right? Yeah, they should. Like, that's the better place to trade three. Get more picks, but since they have so many holes and were a bad team this last year, but they can trot on a bad team in those awful jerseys they released. With all that being said, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> the new Cardinals color wave jerseys that are not good. Um, yeah. Eight's pretty good for a team that just missed the playoffs and has a really good chance to um, 
set up Jordan Love for success as best they can. Because, like, that's the biggest thing, right? Is just making sure they kick off the Jordan Love era the right way and give him as many tools as they can to ensure that he succeeds in his role, which is the most important part of all of this. Yeah. I mean, this is it. They already were posting photos of him at the OTAs, and it was very much a man looking forward to his opportunity uh, Mm -hmm. and ready to lead his team. We'll finally have Jordan Love kind of be the – I mean, kind of. He is the face of the Green Bay Packers. Yep. And it's not even just the love effect. Like, this is – for Gutekunst and Lafleur to a, I would say a certain extent, if probably smaller, but for more more so for Brian Gutekunst, he weaved a very complicated and tricky web of trying to sustain a competitive era and close out the final few years of Aaron Rodgers' tenure with the Green Bay Packers as best as he could have. And yeah, that didn't result in trips to the Super Bowl, um, which is unfortunate. It did happen that Rodgers responded with some of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. He won two MVPs. It's about as great as we could have expected it, even if there were some things along the way that, um, you know, Jordan, your video limit. There we go. There we go. Um, there were some things along the way that uh, soured the end of the Rogers era, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I applaud him for kind of when you when he finally had to get to this um point of starting to retool. I'm not going to say rebuild. Mm-hmm. He did it as well as he could have, and he largely stayed out of the limelight. He let these things happen as they happened and profited off it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's without a doubt the, I guess I'm not going to say the best thing that could have cut, like the best trade he could have got, but it's pretty high up there. Right. Like I think best is an absurd amount of draft picks that aren't, isn't even feasible and is practically a pipe dream, but he really kind of cemented his legacy and legitimacy as a general manager. Right. Like this is, was going to come to define him as a general manager if he screwed it up, if he screwed it up, but he didn't. And it just really cemented himself as, you know, the Packers general manager for years to come. I think this deal, regardless of how the pieces turn out, just is like perfect. Like Jordan Love could be bad. Like that he could be bad. That's a possibility given the timeline that we're on here. I don't think he would ever lose his job over the Jordan Love pick right now because of this trade and that just is like with all the deals on the margins he's had with Roswell Douglas and Devondre Campbell and just bringing in great picks over the last few years I think he's set for at least another five years frankly that's the thing I mean yeah he does have longevity and how he can uh control this era or hold this era and build a new you know competitive team out of this but uh mm-hmm. yeah it's very I know he's got as long of a leech as he wants it. And if he can still, uh, you know, bring competitive or eventually build this into a contender, then, you know, Gutekunst is going to be as tenured of a GM as we've seen in Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf. Right. Leaders of past. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think like just looking at the... I think you, you had said you looked through the – I guess, did you watch the Gutenkunst presser or did you just read through the, the article that the Packers posted? I saw some comments because it was happening simultaneously as this was being Breaking. broken. Right. Um, so I was very just like caught off guard that he was talking at the same time right. as this was happening, which is kind of nuts about it. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was – he was doing his pre or annual pre-draft conference. Right. Um. And this is kind of a recap, but kind of not, but just talking about how things got uh, basically reported and that mm-hmm. even though things aren't finalized, things are pointing to towards Packers trading 
Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Right. Um, Guru said, we were expecting you to be done very quickly, hopefully soon. A lot of things have been agreed upon. Something's still to go through. There's been a lot of conversation that's helped us get to this point. Again, there's still things that need to be done. It's not finalized, but we do expect we do expect it to be done here in the next couple of days. Right. Um, what did he say? I think the the um, one part that I saw is that like the, it's a it's a second bullet in the Packers article. It's written by um, oh I hate pronouncing his name Wes Codquits. Yes, the, yeah, the yeah. Packers senior writer, senior beat writer. Um, Quote, once we get squared away, that'll be nice for them because we actually kind of know what we have. Because we'll actually kind of know what we have for this particular draft, getting into it at least until we start moving around a little bit. Moving forward with the compensation for this year's draft was important to us. Like, clearly, they we talked about this all offseason, that getting pieces for this offseason, for the first year of Jordan Love, was critical. I'm glad to see he recognized that and was probably listening, right? He, he was taking some advice from us. Not... <laughs> <laughs> not to not to be maybe a little bit yeah whatever that whatever the word is <laughs> I don't care but yeah it's I'm just glad to see that that's the, that's the thinking right that does that the organization recognizes that they need to capitalize on this two year span not I guess yeah. not capitalize but make the most of it to understand where they're at oh well, I mean this is again this is you're building a new era this is yeah. what Ted Thompson did when they moved on from Favre to Rogers and mm-hmm. think of all the players that they selected within that. You know, I guess one to two year window when he was the starter. Right. You know, you can look at like, I would have to go through the drafts, but like, this is again, this is how you build out the team. This is how you build out. They're going to have 12 picks in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. And they're not all going to hit, but getting as many as you can, you're kind of arming yourself to really find who's going to stick. On top of the nucleus that you have, um, it certainly helps to have three in the first forty-five. Like twelve picks is a lot of picks, right? But a lot of those are like late sixth, seventh round picks, which say what you will isn't the the best, but it's still a pick, right? Yeah, we've had we've had seventh round draft picks um, turn up before, but they're still like in the seventh round they have four picks. So, like, that's, like, how, how much you're going to do with those picks is TBH or T, uh, TBD. So, yeah. I think it's it's just, we'll see. But three in the first 45 is, like, the ideal fit. And, and I guess, do you want to get, get into, like, the draft part of this and, like, what it yeah, sets yeah. them up to? Okay. I, I, I'm just going to throw this in because it's not about this year's draft in, in yeah. particular. If that pick turns into a first rounder next year, oh boy, yeah, oh boy, oh boy. Anyway, they're So, um, moving up to thirteen, obviously good. I'm very, very nervous that that we're gonna see Jackson Smith Njigba get taken the pick before us. That's gonna make me very sad as a Packers fan, a very, very sad Packers fan. Um, who's that twelve again? Why am I forgetting? Houston. Who like desperately needs wide receivers? They need offense. <laughs> yeah, they they need everything. <laughs> Any anything. So, but they have a lot of picks too. They have some of the highest stuff, like one of the highest grades that you had talked about. But yeah, thirteen. The, the mock drafts are doing their mock draft thing as it comes towards uh, draft week. Peter Skronsky, Skronsky now picked seven. Not at <laughs> not not in the teens anymore. Yep, like at least according to Tankathon, but. At this point, I'm just ready for the draft because it's not going to go. Because it's not going to yeah. go any which way we see. We're like, right, it's yeah. all speculative. But um, currently, it's on Takeathon. Uh, Broderick Jones is where um, they have uh, the Packers taking. So, a hundred tackle. But like the second round, having those two picks and or three, yeah, two picks and three picks essentially, or yeah, forty-two and forty-five is really good. They can ad- address. Offense super heavy in the first two of those three picks if they really choose to, and then supplement that defense with a really great pick, whether it be um, the fellow from Northwestern whose name I'm not going to butcher live again, um, <laughs> Kansas State edge rusher Felix Anaduke Uzama, however you want to do it. They have Tankathon has Packers picking Darnell Washington. Let's go at 42, and then uh, B 
BJ Ojulari from LSU at uh um at the edge. So yeah, we're set up to be put up pretty good. Very so, very much so. Um, there was Guru Coach actually talked about the the. Uh, it's not really probably revelatory, mm-hmm. but he did talk about what this class is cons- like considered deep in, and we've obviously gone through it with our draft pods and everything like that, especially at defense where you have a lot of edge rushers, you have a lot of interior linemen. Um, Guku said, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of deeper class of edge players than there have been in other years. And mm-hmm. tight end is another one I mentioned earlier as well. I think it's a good draft overall. Certainly it's one we're very excited about one that we really believe we're going to be able to add to our football team and help us win in 2023 and beyond. I agree. I agree, Brian. <laughs> also, are you ready for one other thing that he, this will, this will conclude the Brian Gunkun's quotes. Okay. Era. <laughs> Um, he talked about quarterback yep, and yep. he talked about, he would like to have a third arm when the team begins the throwing portion of their offseason program. We only have two on the roster. So whether it's this week or somewhere down the road, we're going to have to add some, I'd like to have three at least before we get to any of the throwing stuff. We're not there yet. Certainly we're going to add that to that room, whether we end up with three going to camp with three or whether we have four, we'll kind of see. There's some guys in the draft we're very high on. They happen to be at the right spots, as you know. I won't hesitate, but we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Yeah, I feel like that's appropriate. I think they'll probably draft some one of one of the quarterbacks in like the later rounds, just mm-hmm. be, just because like the uh, the quarterback pool as it as it is right now is not good. Carson Wentz, Matt, Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph. Joe Flacco, Chase Daniel, Trevor Simeon, Brandon Allen, Josh Johnson, uh, Brett Ripien, John Wolford, and Bryce Perkins. Like, bunch of high names up there that suck, like Matt Ryan, who I, who I said in a previous pod, podcast that I'd be comfortable like bringing him in as like a veteran sort of calming hand to Jordan Love, yeah. sort of teach him the ropes kind of thing, former MVP. Um, don't think that'd be a bad idea, but I think they most likely just draft one. I think if they don't draft one, they might sign one of these quarterbacks that we see here, obviously, because that's the only way they can do it then. But um, I would guess prefer them to sign like Matt Ryan overdraft one. I'm not really opposed to either option because like it doesn't really matter too much. But um, Danny Elling is kind of like your young developed quarterback should you need to develop a quarterback, right? And then you can take Matt Ryan to go into try and win you games if Jordan Love sustains like a minor injury or something in the interim. Yeah. I think having the veteran as opposed to two I guess three really young inexperienced guys would be best. So Who is Rogers backup when he first started? Was it Flynn? No, I think you talked about this. I think it was Brian Brown. Yeah, that's right. I'll double check his thing, but I I'm think almost... that's that would have been around that time that he they drafted him. Yeah. So I'll double check. I'll go to. They drafted him uh, in the second round of the 2008 draft. Uh... That could also be uh, very similar. Yeah, Brian Brown, Matt Flynn, and Aaron Rodgers were the quarterbacks in that final roster. There you go. So, yeah, it's definitely not like a uh, finalized thing, but worth worth noting because what Matt Flynn had was a rookie that year. So yeah, they went in with a rookie backup as opposed to uh, a uh, veteran. So, but that's also different era of Packers football. You're muted. Ain't no problem. True. But Gukus was there. Yes, he was as opposed to what Rogers said when he started that he wasn't, they didn't even shut him out as the people that were there when he was drafted. Yeah. No, he was definitely there. Mr. Rogers. Like he was, he was there. So, um, I'm trying to think there's anything else we want to touch on. This is right, we're about a half hour, but I'm just like looking through some stuff. I don't think there's too much. I'm just happy it's done. For, first and foremost, like, yeah. that's just thrilled to have this saga essentially end because we get to ha- have something new to talk about per se. 
And I think before I get into this little mini monologue, I should, we should all we should both back up and say forever appreciative. We've already said it, but forever appreciative of Rogers' time in Green Bay. There's I went down the monologue many episodes ago about how Favre and Rogers really helped to sustain and make Green Bay a good economy for the people that live there and help feed just the fandom that thrives in Green Bay. Rodgers is a big part of that. He's part of the three decades worth of pro football, just Hall of Fame level caliber football being played at Lambeau. And he put butts in seats. He brought fans from all over the globe to um, to Green Bay to walk through those doors and see some hallowed ground. That being said, I'm just so excited to get into this new era to start actually um, looking at football a different way than looking at it through the on a, a lens of the Rodgers era, right? We've been watching Rodgers play football for the Packers for the last 14, 15 years. And it's... You kind of just like know his mannerisms, right? You know how he rolls out. You know sort of his decision-making. You've seen all the great plays he does. It's not that it's not shocking every time. It's just that at in year 15 of him starting, you kind of know what you're getting, right? It's like a movie you've seen time and time and time again. There's nothing special. Not that it's not special. There's nothing shiny and new about seeing Rodgers play most nights, which isn't, which isn't a bad thing. You kind of know what you're going to get, and it's going to be a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. But I think it's just exciting to see Jordan Love get his chance. And there's going to be bumps along the way, without a doubt. Like, And that's part of like their growing pains. Like Rodgers had bumps along the way, too. But it's just good from a podcaster fan experience. We get to analyze a whole new player that is going to be at the forefront of this franchise for the next two years. Will it be fun? It might be. It should be. Will it be maybe unfun sometimes? It probably will be. It should be. But... All in all, we get to see a true Matt LaFleur run offense with a quarterback that's bought into this offense. And I think we get to see what could be the best version of a Matt LaFleur coached offense for at least two years, um, if we're lucky. Yeah, I mean, part of this too is like, and it, it's going to not be hunky-dory every week of like, Things are changing. Expectations are far different with this Packers team mm-hmm. than we have seen even this year. Our expectations of the Packers over the course of this year, our first year with Tot, uh, certainly soured. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> going into the year, we're thinking like this is a Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl contender. When you don't realize that potential, when you don't even make it to the Super Bowl, much less win it all at the end. It's highly disappointing when you have someone like Aaron Rodgers on your roster. You're given this cachet of like, this is an automatic contender no matter what, everything like that. And as much as that, like, you can't ever take that for granted. And the fact that they the Packers have been able to sustain success for three decades mm-hmm. across two quarterbacks, that is not something every team in the NFL or all sports can do. Right. Um. I don't know. I just, I like that little freedom of like, these guys are going to take their lumps. They're not going to be world beaters by any means, but it gives us another, look how exciting it was when Rodgers really put it all together. Yep. Um, That that 09 through 2014 was a magical time. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then, you know, like we're so far removed. We're talking about that's almost 10 years ago. The the Seattle game is almost 10 years ago. I know that's when, like, for me, I view that as a very, it's hard not to. It's a very stark point. of. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, like, it's a breaking point in, in like, Packers history. It's like, it's a a watershed moment. Yep. And I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm looking forward to going back to the drawing board and seeing how this Packers team learns how to play in the NFL and win. Mm -hmm. And, does that mean it might be a seven to nine season or worse? It could, but having someone at the helm and getting again, I'm just excited to see what Jordan Love can do because right, only he knows how much he has wanted to get to this point, 
and he has been the ultimate professional. He has not made any missteps. But he, he has not even garnered himself. He's not even stepped in any controversy. The only worthwhile comments that were made were lifted from an, a piece, a great piece by Jason Wildey, talking about how he would have felt if he went into next year or this coming year as a backup. Right. And it's like, yeah, the, the guy the, just wants to play. Is that the athletic piece where he's talking about like, yeah, yeah. I think those. I think it might have been Matt um, Schneeman who wrote that. Yeah, something like that. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure it's athletic, but I'm, I'm not gonna. Don't quote me on that. You might be right as well. But yeah, strong agree. That's the only thing that you can like even point at as like Jordan Love talking in the media. Like he's he just wants to play. He's a kid who was drafted in the first round. He want he wants to play, and you know he gets that that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm excited to see the young kids. Like this is a. Just as 2014 was like a big moment in Packers history, also right now is a big moment in Packers history. You have yeah. a very young core of Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. We'll throw Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in there. And then on the defensive side, Jair, Kenny Clark, um, Quay. Quay, and hopefully Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell. Hopefully Devontae Wyatt. Fingers crossed that he makes that yeah. list this season. But like, these are the guys now, right? There's like the old, the old guard is gone. Mar- Mercedes Lewis is gone. Randall Cobb is gone. The only guy left over is David Bakhtiari, which good. I'm happy he's here because he's an all pro left tackle when he's healthy. And I hope that he finishes his contract with green Bay, but he might get traded during the off during the, the season at the, before the deadline. He said it himself. So yeah. all in all, it's just, this is, this is not the Packers team from, 2020 2021 like there's not going to be a whole lot of holdover this is going to be a new look packers team that i'm honestly just so excited to to get a whole new look at plus we got all the new guys coming in this this draft like we have three four top guys with their first round pick their two seconds and their third like there's gonna be four new guys to fall in love over to see how they can help the guys already coming in so yeah it's just a very exciting time. Hey, Newark again. Hope you enjoyed that ad break. We are going to transition right into our analysis of the Lucas Van Ness trade. It will start from the beginning of the podcast, and you'll hear my intro again so you fully understand the context of our conversation rather than just hopping right in blind. But hope you enjoy it. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Blue Wire family and the Eurostep podcast network. As always, I am your host, Numak, and joining you post-live stream, our first ever live stream that we did on YouTube. Go check it out, uh, Eurostep podcast network, if you want to watch a recap of a draft that already happened. But joining me, as always... This is my co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. We are still going on as the draft is is uh, rolling on. So we might have some developments. Who knows? Brian Gukunst likes to do some maneuvering. But, uh, yeah, Packers came away with a pick. Yeah, and at uh, pick 13, they didn't pick my dream pick. They had the opportunity to, but they didn't. We'll get to that later. But they picked... Uh, Edge rusher Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. That was my best uh, Brian Balaga Iowa, I- I- Iowa impression. Um, one of the top edge rushers on the board. I think he was 
as high as I saw him mocked, like seven, eight. Like he was in the the not top. Or he was like in the middle of the top ten for a while. Ends up quote unquote falling to uh, thirteen, which I think is appropriate given that like when you and I started going through the uh, like the draft pros- uh, process and looking at prospects and like around the com the combine starting ish time, Lucas Van Ness was slated to go twenty two. And then kind of rose all the way to the top 10 and then ends up going 13 to the Packers. So I think that's a healthy medium for where he was about going um, throughout the entire process. But yeah, uh, big guy. He, like we said in our, uh, in our, if I can think of the words, previews of the defensive side, uh, never started at Iowa, which is fine. Just sort of the antiquated system that Iowa has. Um, but 6'5", 272 pounds, uh, from Illinois, but he was watching the draft in Wisconsin, which was something at least to behold. In his uh, three years of playing time at Iowa, uh, he had two playing seasons, I should say. My apologies. He redshirted in 2020, uh, but 33 tackles in 2021 and 38 in 2022, seven sacks in 21 and six and a half in 22. So he gets home to the pass rusher in those 14-13 uh, games. Overall, I think he wasn't. He wasn't the edge rusher I wanted overall. I wanted Miles Murphy, but I think he'll still be a uh, a pretty quality guy, and we'll get more into the specifics later. But I guess I gave my initial reaction on stream. I, I felt like I was the the uh, the center of attention on that. If we'll we'll post that clip later. But Jordan, what was your <laughs> reaction to the pick? I guess obviously knowing that my big pick was Jackson Smith, uh, the Jigba, obviously going Lucas Van Ness. Where what would you? Uh, what was your reaction to Lucas Van Ness getting picked by the Packers? Um, quick side note, our first tight end is off the board. The Bills have selected Dalton Kincaid with the 25th pick. To go with... Dawson Knox. That's interesting. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, the Van Ness pick, two things. One was about the draft order. Kind of what we expected until... Um, the Lions threw a loop with selecting uh, what is his name, Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, right? Yep. From Alabama, yep. Um, things presented themselves where teams are moving up, but they weren't te- taking you know, kind of the sexy names, offensive weapons, the guys that we would for yes. for a draft order. I'd say it got a little wonky when the Falcons took uh Bijan Robinson at eight. Mm. Like, I think that was yes, yes. A, the the wrong pick before the Lions proceeded to take a uh, running back at 12. But yeah, on with your point in terms of like prospects that you that were considered to be the top of the draft, like this class, right. big board kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, you're following that along with it. But then as we got closer and then when the Packers on the the clock. I just, I always felt like it was going to be defensive. I never got it selected at this point. I will be more shocked when it is an offensive player, right? It's a wide receiver. It's a, it's a pass catching weapon or, you know, Jordan love when that pick was in right. A couple years ago. Um, as far as Van Ness himself, like, yeah, like what? He was the third edge rusher off the board. Um, right? I can tell you. First one would have been Will Anderson. Anderson. And then the second one would have been Tyree Wilson, right? Yep. And then uh Lucas Van Ness. So yep. Yeah. Which kind of wild considering Which, where Go ahead, sorry. sorry. Nope, nope, go. Well, I was gonna say it was kinda wild considering just where we that was I don't know when the mid-January when we started kind of like transitioning from the end of the Packers season to now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a very Packers pick. I, yeah, I'm, I'm nor, I'm not underwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I just feel like you're, you're whelmed. I'm very whelmed. I'm very well. <laughs> like there, the production is there. The versatility is there. They certainly needed help on the line. Um, obviously, um, Rashawn Gary's, Going to be coming back from injury. We hope that he's, you know, uh, healthy by the start of the season. But that's still going to take some time to get to up to full speed. Right. You got Preston Smith. You got some unproven 
edge rushers like Kingsley, Edigbari. Um, who was the other edge rusher? Justin Holland, they got back, but like, yep. it was a need. And they're going, if they're going from judging their own board and how they value and everything like that, like, I'm not all that surprised that they went the way that they did because this is kind of the Packers I'm on. Right. For what it's worth, uh, Dame Brugler had the order of the edge rushers the same way it went in the draft. Um, Will Anderson Jr., Tyree Wilson, and Lucas Vaness. He had them one, two, three. And then mm. if you're going by his, the beast guide, um, yeah. Nolan Smith and then Miles Murphy, which neither one have been taken yet as of pick 25 to the Bills. So um, we'll see how that goes. Doesn't really matter at this point, unless some of those guys fall to 42, which would be a shocker. But um, yeah, as opposed to like expecting offense. No, I wasn't really expecting offense. I was more so wishing for offense because I've said it until I've been blue in the face that we really need to capitalize on Jordan Love's first two years and decide and really understand what he's capable of and giving him as many weapons as possible would have been doing that. JSN was there at 13. Everybody on Packers media, everybody on Twitter was like only JSN at 13, only JSN at 13. Packers don't predictably don't listen to their fans or the media and go defense, which is again, good. Like this is, very much an idea of the Packers really leveling up on defense to get somebody opposite of Rashawn Gary for the next five years, yeah. which is good. Like that's thumbs up. Like if they're they're going on defense, their their front seven is going to be very very annoying to play against. So long as Lucas Vaness can help stop the run, like he'll be a great pick. He'll be an impact player. Rated out as a good uh, run stopper too. Perfect. FYI. Um. Pretty fast too. Ran a four five eight. That's. <laughs> I think what was his? I had his R. Let me uh, actually bring this up. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, four five eight. His RS score. I can try and find yeah. it. Yeah, it was very high. Um, you got it, or you got me? Need me to get it? Uh, you you might have to get it. I've, I already lost it. Okay. Seven point oh two three cone, uh, sprint two, or rut, whatever they call it. Yeah, um, the shuttle. There we go. Um, yeah, very athletic. There, it's. I don't think it's. It was easy for us to like get into like the Miles Murphys of like the, this guy's a tank, <laughs> that kind of thing and everything like that. Like, but Lucas Van Ness, for what it's worth, is a very athletic, great size kind of guy. Like he does have traits and everything that you would want to have on the front line. 939 um RS score 65 that we had mentioned 272 um for his weight at 17 on the bench so not like the biggest strongest but still very athletic very fast 458 uh 40 time and like you said good shuttle scores or shuttle clone or shuttle time I'm sorry of 432 and a three cone of 7.02 so all very good uh grades out similar to Preston Smith which works out just fine um Trey Hendrickson and Ezekiel Ansa so similar um and Trevon Walker from last or from yeah last year, yeah. Um, just a an idea of sort of the athlete he kind of is, but good company to be around. All four of those players have are great names and are pretty talented players. So, yeah. Trey Hendrickson is he the Bengals guy? Yes. Yeah, the guy who had the the return for the yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm fine if he turns out like any one of those players. So, um, yeah. Overall, I think going all in a defense is not a bad idea given that it's their current strength. Why not shore up that strength where you need to? It's just, I wish they went receiver. That's, that's just like my personal, personal pick. Cause I really wanted a fun, exciting new toy in offense, right? Like offense is so much more fun than defense typically just from a casual fan perspective. And that's how I grew up watching. It was offense over defense. Cause I'm a kid. I like touchdowns, right? <laughs> but, I get why they did it. I understand it. I respect it. I, I think it'll be a, a fine pick down the road. I think he'll go out as fine as a pro. I just wanted somebody else. So am I surprised? No. Am I happy? Yes. <laughs> um, I thought it was very interesting that the, uh, the wide receiver slide came as late as it did. They, uh, 
went all the way to like I'm trying to think JSM was the first one off the board 20 to the Seahawks. So kind of indicative of just maybe the not the confidence in receivers that they had this year or that, that people had this year versus last year. Because I think you said it on the live stream that by pick 13, three had been taken already. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and uh, Jamison Williams for the Lions. So for them to go that like and, and all those guys are going to be like future all pros without a doubt. Yeah. But I guess I guess it's just not there. They don't know if JSN is going to be that guy or if Zay Flowers is going to be that guy. So Yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of lived up to the hype of more d- my general draft thoughts of like don't know really what, what to expect whether it was teams moving up and down, a lot of picks early. Uh, Texans really made kind of like the first kind of that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, they that, that was, was like crazy. the starter pistol kind of like let's go. <laughs> yeah, he uh for for context for you listeners who possibly didn't watch, Texans picked at two and then traded back at back into the first round at three. They traded they had pick twelve from the Browns and they traded pick twelve and some other stuff to the Cardinals for three. So it went um. Panthers, Texans, Texans for the first three picks. And they got uh, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. So a lot of moving in the first 12, 11 picks. So it was an exciting draft for sure. Yeah. yeah. Lucas Van Ness, I think he'll he'll do pretty good. We, we should find some quotes, uh, Jordan, from his talking. Because I know he did talk with uh, – he was talking to me if I didn't – if I missed that, correct? You were – you are correct. Um, he's watching from Fantana, Fant- Fantana, Fontana, Wisconsin. When he got the call, but don't you, don't you, Lola Fontana? Exactly. Uh, he grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago, and I was always a hockey kid, so I was a Blackhawks fan. And then he gave a go pack go in his first answer, according to Matt Schneiderman. Excuse me. Um, Paul Bradel had the. Uh, info that outside of a 20-minute meeting at the Combine, the Packers did not really contact him uh, all that much pre-draft, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a lot of, you know, it's all the smiles. It's the introductory things. A lot of uh, praising Preston Smith, rattling off his snack, snack, sack numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Would think love even mentioned... Preston Smith snack numbers now. So. Yeah, exactly. The big Cheeto guy just hates you know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's indoctrinating himself within the edge rusher room very yeah. quickly. That's very good. Um, he will wear number ninety, old BG Raji number. Um, Preston Smith poked fun on Twitter said, "A, you can get ninety one for the right price." <laughs> trying to sell his uh, trying to sell his jersey to to Lucas Van Ness who promptly said no I was for 90 which was a senior his uh, number in a senior year of high school um there was something I wanted to oh here we go um this is from Ryan Wood Lucas Van Ness says he uh, says Preston Smith is among the edge rushers he's modeled his game after quote he's a guy I see similar to myself who has an ability to play in a lot of different positions good like interesting you're gonna get moved around with Joe Barry and we joked about on the podcast that it might have been a little worrisome that uh the Packers didn't talk to Lucas Van Ness pre pre draft, and uh, I, I think I think it was Ty said that. Well, they're not gonna make him play corner. And I retorted with, "Yes, they will." Ty Joel Berry yeah. had Preston something coverage this year. Yeah, <laughs> like so they maybe should have asked Lucas Van Ness if he can play corner. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> but the first time we see Lucas Van Ness in a three point or three point stance and having to do backpedal against like Zay Flowers or somebody. <laughs> Good lord. The more things change, the more they stay the same, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wrote, folks. A couple of things to wrap up. You can follow me at known on Twitter, and you can follow Jordan at Jordan Tresky on Twitter, at Packers GSPN for the Talk of the Tundra Twitter, where you can find our announcements for our podcast and our YouTubes and our uh, live streams and all that good stuff. So, hope you enjoy it. Head on over to the feed, subscribe. We'd love to have you. Thanks again.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.